that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord. Did you get that? Coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. What is he talking about? He's talking about the return of Christ. Go to Titus. Just a few pages over in your Bible. Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2 in your Bible. Titus chapter 2. And then look down in verse 11. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. Titus 2 and verse 11. Notice what he says. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. In other words, God, God's grace that brings salvation is shining out for people to see. It's shining out for people to see. Look at verse 12. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope. Did you get this? And the glorious appearing, a glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Notice that. Looking for that blessed hope. Verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify him to himself of peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. But again, verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now you're there in Titus. The next book of the Bible is Philemon. Then the next book is Hebrews. Go to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9 in your Bible. Hebrews 9. And look over in verse 28. Hebrews 9 and verse 28. Verse 28. He says, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Did you catch that? He shall appear the second time. In other words, Jesus is coming again. And then finally, the book of Revelation, chapter 1. The book of Revelation, chapter 1. I know somebody was probably thinking, when are you going to get to the book of Revelation? Well, we're going to get to it right now, then tonight I'll be talking about it. But Revelation chapter 1, look down at verse 7. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. Even so, amen. Now, let me point out, I've just given you one, two, three, four, five, six passages. Six. That's all I've given you. That's not all the scriptures that refer to his return. There are many more. Revelation all the way through the book, um, Matthew chapter 24 and 25, which I'll talk about in a minute, in a minute, or I'll, or I'll make a reference to in a minute. But there are many other passages of scripture that talk about the second coming or the return of Jesus Christ. Now, let me just say something right here, though. Let me just say something right here. When referring to the return of Jesus Christ, one must distinguish between two events. Understand that. When talking about the return of Christ, you must distinguish between two events. What are they? Number one is the rapture. Number two is the second coming, or the second coming and the rapture, however you want to lay them out. The, the rapture and the second coming, they are not the same. People need to understand that. They are not the same. They are two distinct events. Now, I realize some people talk about the second coming, part one, the rapture, part two, the second advent. That's what they call it. But I'm going to distinguish them as two separate events. You have the rapture, then you have the second coming of Jesus Christ. The rapture and the second coming of Jesus Christ. You say, Brother Scott, what's the difference between the two? Well, at the rapture, Jesus comes for his saints to take them out of the world. At the second coming, 
Jesus comes with his saints as the army of heaven. At the rapture, Jesus comes in the clouds. He doesn't come back to the earth. At the second coming, Jesus comes to the earth to put down his enemies and set up his kingdom. At the rapture, only the saved are involved. They are taken out of the world. At the second coming, everybody's involved. In fact, the Bible says there in Revelation 1-7, every eye shall see him. Every eye. You know, I got to thinking about that. That means every eye. And it says even those that pierced him. You know what that gives me the idea or tells me? Even those in hell will see the second coming of Jesus Christ. It will be that glorious of an event that people all over everybody will see the second coming. Again, the rapture, though, takes place before the tribulation, before the tribulation period. The second coming takes place at the end of the tribulation period. Now, somebody said, well, what do you mean? The rapture takes place before. It doesn't start the tribulation. It doesn't start it. You know, the covenant or peace treaty with Israel starts the tribulation period, according to Daniel chapter 9. But the second coming takes place after. By the way, I believe when it comes to the rapture, I believe in what students of the Bible have called a pre-tribulation rapture. You say, what do you mean by that? That means the rapture takes place before the tribulation period, pre-tribulation rapture. You know, some people believe that the rapture takes place in the middle of the tribulation. Some people take place at toward the end of the tribulation period. Well, no, friends, I don't believe we are going through the tribulation period. I believe we will be saved. That is a time of God's wrath. I do not believe we will be, we will enter into that. Why? Because we have been delivered from the wrath of God. Those that are saved, we've been delivered from the wrath of God. There are a lot of other scriptures I could get into, but not at this time. But there are a host of other differences. But understand the rapture, second coming, are two distinct different events. But now let's get back to my point. Jesus will come again. Did you catch it? Jesus will come again. And that's something you and I need to know. That's something we need to realize. Let me give you the second thing this morning. The second thing, we do not know the time of his return. We do not know the time of his return. One of the questions that comes up here, well, there's a lot of questions that come up right here, but one of the questions that comes up right here is when will Jesus return? When will Jesus return? Now, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you what I know. I'm going to tell you right now. People want to know, when is Jesus going to return? We do not know. I do not know when Jesus is going to return. And by the way, I don't believe anybody knows when Jesus is going to come back. I don't believe anybody knows that. You know, the when it comes to, let's, let's define this a little bit. Let's talk about the second coming, when Jesus comes back to earth to set up his kingdom. When is that going to take place? We don't know. Matthew 24, which talks about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Matthew 24, verse 36, he says, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. In other words, nobody knows when it's going to take place. You say, wait a minute, Brother Scott, you said it's going to take place at the end of the tribulation period. Yes, it is. It is. But we don't still don't know the day or the hour that it's going to happen. It will take place at the end. People will not know when it's going to take place. They're going to be given signs and things like that, but they're not going to know the day or the hour. What are we saying? We don't know when the second coming is going to take place. And let me also add here, I do not believe we can know when the rapture is going to take place. I do not believe we can know when. You say, why? Because the rapture in the Bible is spoken of as an imminent event. Titus 2.13 says, looking for that blessed hope. Did you catch that? Looking for that blessed hope. In other words, we are to be looking for him to return. In other words, we don't know when it's going to take place, but we're to be looking for it. 
you know, when we talk about an imminent event, the idea there is not that it's going to happen just right now in a moment. No, the idea there, it's likely to happen at any moment. It is impending. And that's the idea of the rapture. It could happen in a moment. I've often said this, and I'm sure people at our church will tell you if you talk to them, that I've often said when it comes to the rapture, it could take place in five minutes. It could take place in five hours. It could take place in five days. It could take place in five weeks. It could take place in five years. It could take place in 50 years. It could take place in 500 years. We don't know when it is going to take place. But you and I are to be looking and living like it could happen in a moment, in the next five minutes, in the next few moments. We are to be looking and living. Hey, it could happen before I get done with this message today. Wouldn't that be a glorious thing? If you're saved, that would be great, would it not? By the way, if Facebook would keep running, you'd just be recording nothing right here. You know, it'd just be a blank wall because I would be gone because of my because of my faith in Christ. But understand, my friends, we don't know when. Now, another question comes up right here. What about the date setters? And that's normally one of the questions that comes up when I when when you start talking about Bible prophecy and dates and the return of Christ and things like that. And uh, I'm going to tell you right up front, I don't believe any date that anybody sets. I don't believe any date that anybody sets. I and, and if somebody sets a date, I can almost tell you that that is not when it's going to happen. That is not when it's going to happen. I believe the Bible is clear on dates. Nobody knows the time. We're to be looking for his return. We don't know the time of the rapture. We don't know the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. The Bible is clear on that. And by the way, you have these people running around, and I probably shouldn't say this right here, but you know, in the Old Testament, one of the marks of a false prophet was if they prophesy and it doesn't come to pass. You know, you need to think about that for a little bit. But think about it. I don't I don't believe the date setters. You know, as I thought about this message, one of the things that popped in my mind is in my in the other room in my uh, file cabinet, I've got a book entitled 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Will Take Place in 1988. Well, you know what? This is 2020, and guess what hasn't happened yet? 2020. That is, how, what, 32 years ago that book came out? By the way, when it didn't happen in 88, they come out with another book that said 1989, then behind it it said 90, 91, 92, 93, 94. You know, folks, don't believe the date setters. Don't believe. Nobody knows, but you and I ought to be living like it could happen in a moment, in a moment. Like the old song says, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, in a moment. That brings me to another question right here. So we don't know the time. Somebody's going to ask, but Brother Scott, what about signs? The signs of the times. Well, let me just answer and say a couple things right here. Number one, we do live in the last days. We live in, according to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1 and Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, they started with Jesus. And there will be times of trouble in these last days. Again, he said, perilous times shall come dangerous or troublesome times, difficult times are going to pop up during this time period that you and I live in. Things are going to happen. You know, we, we talk about the pandemic we're in right now. Well, you know, 100 years ago, or what they say, 1918, 1917, there was a Spanish flu. And years ago in the 1500s, there was the Black Death and things of that nature. And there are going to be times. We've had world wars, World War One, World War Two. We've had the American Civil War. We've had all kinds of things go on in the world. There will be times of difficulty that we live in. Why? Because we do live in the last days. We live in that. Number two, the second thing I need to say right here, there are signs for the second coming of Jesus Christ. There are signs for the second coming. They're found in Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 through 8, and specifically in verses 4 and following Matthew 24. He says there, 
Uh, and Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. And that's one of the things you got to be careful of today. There are people out there that are trying to deceive people. He said, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now, yes, we live in a day of false Christ, do we not? But this is not talking about this time. This is time, what he's talking about here is when the Antichrist and the false prophet will come on the scene. Verse 6, and you shall hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. All of the beginning of sorrows. By the way, you go back and look at a tribulation map where somebody has maybe drawn a tribulation map back years ago. You know what you will find? The first three and a half years of the tribulation, if you know anything about Bible teaching, the tribulation is in two parts, three and a half and three and a half. The first three, the last three and a half years is called the Great Tribulation Period or the time of Jacob's trouble. And then the first half, uh, or excuse me, this, the, the last half is called the Great Tribulation. The first half, many people years ago used to write the beginning of sorrows, referring to the, referring to the first part of the Tribulation Period. I don't know if it is or not, but that's what they used to write. But what you and I need to understand is that these things take place during the tribulation period. Somebody said, well, Brother Scott, you can't be sure of that. Well, I'll tell you what to do. Take Matthew 24, 5 through 8. Go to Revelation 6 and tell me if they don't line up. Go there and see if they line up together. Revelation 6 and Matthew 24, 5 through 8. That'd be a good study for you. But understand, these signs, I believe, take place during the tribulation period. And what he's telling people there is you need to be ready. No, they don't know when Jesus will come back and set up his kingdom at the end of the tribulation. All they know is he is coming, and the signs are going to say, he's coming. Be ready. And that's what he's talking about here. There are signs and things that are going to take place. and that. But he said it's just the beginning of sorrow. The beginning of that horrible time period, the beginning. But then the third thing I want to say right here is this. There are no signs to the rapture. I can't find a single sign for the rapture. What does the Bible teach? That you and I are to be looking for the blessed hope, looking for his appearing. It's imminent. We don't know when. We're to be looking for it. So when people say, oh, the signs, Jesus is coming back. Now, maybe the, the signs for the tribulation have some long shadows. Maybe some of these things are precursor. We don't know. I'm not going to step out on a limb and say yes or no. But I'll tell you what, when it comes to the rapture, it could happen in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. You know, he's going to come, the trumpet's going to sound, and boom, we're going to be gone. My friends, there are no signs. We don't know when he's coming back. Number three, third thing I want to bring out to you this morning. We need to be ready for his coming. We need to be ready for his coming. Folks, the theme of scripture is be ready, be looking. That's what you and I need to be doing. Matthew chapter 24, verse 44. After he talks about nobody knows the day or the hour, he says, therefore be ye also ready. For in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 13, he says, watch therefore. For ye know neither the day nor the hour which the Son of Man cometh. Folks, we don't know when this is going to take place. We don't know when all these events are going to kick off. We have no idea. But the Bible tells us that you and I need to be ready for his return. We need to be ready, and let me just bring it this way, like he told, like uh, God told the uh, children of Israel in the book of Amos, prepare to meet thy God. You and I need to be ready for the day when we leave this earth. 
you know, I was thinking as I thought about this message, I was thinking about preaching another message one day. I don't know if I will, but it talks about the, uh, I thought about um, preaching on the, the one subject nobody wa- no one wants to talk about. And you say, what is that? That's death. Nobody wants to talk about death. But folks, we see it all around us and we need to be prepared. We need to be prepared for that. Why? Because there's a heaven to gain and a hell to lose. We need to be prepared because there is a heaven and there is a hell. We need to be prepared because, folks, when this life ends, it's eternity and it's settled. And you and I are going to spend either eternity in heaven with God, eternal life, or it's going to be eternal death in the lake of fire for all eternity. It's one of those things. But we need to be ready for his coming. Now, how can we be ready? How can you and I be ready? Number one, you need to be saved and you need to know it. My friend, are you saved? Do you know Christ is your Savior? Jesus left the glory of heaven, came to this earth, died for you. Went, he went to the cross and died for you, was buried, rose again to be your substitute because you and I are sinners who stand condemned, who cannot save ourselves. We need a Savior, and Jesus is the Savior we need. And my friend, if you put your faith in Christ as Savior, he will save you. You need to know that you're saved. My friend, do you know that? Somebody's going to say, well, Brother Scott, you cannot know. But the Bible says you can. Hebrew, I mean, First John chapter 5, verse 13, these things have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know you have eternal life. Not think, not hope, not guess, but know. My friend, you need to be saved to know it. You need to be saved to know it. Then number two, you need to live according to God's righteous standard. Titus chapter 2, we read it there where he talks about how we need to live righteously in this present world. Soberly, righteously, Titus 2.12. How he wants us to be a peculiar people in verse 14. That's not strange, but that's a people of God living right in this world. 2 Peter chapter 3 verses 10 through 14 talks about the return of Christ and how you and I need to live without spot in the world. In other words, we need to live according to God's righteous standard. His righteous standard. And then number three, how can we be ready? We need to be settled in our faith. Settled in our faith. I read John 14, 1 while ago. When bad news comes, we need to let not our hearts be troubled. When things pop up and events pop up, we need to be settled in our faith to know and not let those things shake us. That's why we need a, a steady diet of the Bible, the Word of God. How many of us let things in life and let things in the world upset us and bother us? Upset us and bother us. How many do that? Anybody guilty out there? You know, you can probably raise your hands, right? That's why we need to know Christ. That's why we need to be settled on our faith in the Word of God. That's why we need to be knowledgeable of the Word of God so that our faith is strong. And we need to be settled in it. Settled. Let not your heart be troubled, he said. And then number four, the fourth thing. We can be ready by sharing Christ. Folks, we live in a world where people need Jesus. People today need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. They need the good news of the gospel. Folks, you and I are his witnesses. He didn't choose angels. He chose you and I to tell others about Jesus Christ. The commission has been given to us to take the gospel into all the world, to every person. That's why we encourage people to be a witness, learn the Bible, and learn the ways of salvation and share it with others. That's why we encourage missions at our church. You know, it's helping missionaries to go around the world and around the country sharing the gospel. And that's why we encourage sharing things on Facebook. I mean, if this message is a blessing to you today and you think it could help, share it on your Facebook page. That's a way you can be a witness. Did you catch that? Share this message on Facebook and let others hear the gospel. Let others hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. You never know who you could reach with the gospel. But by sharing Christ, let's be ready. And then last, the last point this morning. The last point I want to give you. The Lord 
has tarried his coming for a purpose. Now, I brought this out before, but I want to share it with you. The Lord has tarried his coming for a purpose. Some people ask the question, Brother Scott, why hasn't Jesus come back? Why hasn't Jesus come back already? Why doesn't he stop all this nonsense? Why doesn't he stop the garbage we see in the world and just intervene and come back and have it all ended? Well, I think there's a reason for that. And it's found in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. And in 2 Peter chapter 3, he talks about those who mock the coming of Christ, saying, where is he at? And all this. And he answers the question there, why Jesus hasn't come back yet? And here's the answer. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. In other words, the Lord is going to keep his promise. He hasn't broken it. You know, I know there have been times maybe you and I have broken promises with people. You know, right? But Jesus doesn't. He's the God that cannot lie. But he said, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. And here's the answer. But is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Do you know why the Lord hasn't come back? Because if he does, that will end, it, end. That will put an end for the hope of some people. Because he hasn't come back in order to let more people get saved. See, God loved the world so much that he sent Jesus into the world so that you and I could have eternal life. And the reason he hasn't returned is because he's giving you and others a chance to be saved if you're not saved. My friend, that's the reason he hasn't come back, because he wants to see more people saved. He wants to see more people come to Christ. He wants to see more people accept Jesus as their Savior. So Jesus has tarried his coming to give people another chance, another chance, another chance to get saved. But folks, one of these days, that chance is going to be over. One of these days, that chance is going to be gone. Why? Because the trumpet's going to sound, and the saved are going to be raptured out. And then sometime after that, we don't know how long it's going to be, there'll be a peace treaty with Israel, a covenant one. And that will, sign, that will signal the start of the tribulation period, a time that's going to come on the earth like no other. Somebody said, well, Brother Scott, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll get saved if the rapture takes place. What will happen is I'll see all the saved gone, and I'll know what you're saying was true, and I will get saved then. No, you won't. You say, how do you know I won't? Because in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Bible tells us that when the Antichrist comes on the scene, that those who rejected the truth of the gospel are going to be sent strong delusion that they should be, believe a lie. Why? Because you had a chance to get saved. You had a chance. My friend, can I encourage you? The Lord is waiting, tearing his coming to give people a chance to get saved. And if that's you, why don't you make Jesus your Savior today? Right there, why don't you admit your need of Jesus Christ? Why don't you say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I can't save myself. But, Lord, the best I know how, I accept you as my Savior. I believe that you died for me, you rose from the dead, and that if I trust you, you'll take me to heaven. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Save me. You know what he'll do? He'll save you. Child of God, are you saved? I mean, child of God, you're saved. You're a child of God. What are you doing? Are you living right? Are you living like Jesus could come in a moment, or are you just kind of going on with your life, not giving any thought 
to heaven or eternity. The fact that Jesus has come back. Let's live right, right now. And let's get the gospel out. You say, Brother Scott, it's hard in this day and age. Hey, you can talk on the phone, can't you? Yes. You can send text messages, can't you? Yes. You can share on Facebook, can you not? Yes. Folks, there are ways. At our church right now, we've got people that they don't have Facebook, they don't have computer access. You know what? You know what's going on? There are people that are getting recordings of the messages on CD and they're being passed around. That's what's going on. Being passed around. That's what Brother West has been doing. He's been making recordings and, and getting them passed around and him and Miss Kathy delivering things. And, and uh, that's what they've been doing. And it's been a blessing. And, and I, in fact, I know somebody else is going to get some CDs this week, and I, if I understand right. And so, you know, what a blessing. What a blessing. There's ways to get the gospel out. My friends, are you ready for the return? He is coming one of these days. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Father, if there's somebody that's lost, I pray you save them. I pray you touch them. Father, for the child of God, I pray you challenge all of our hearts, even mine, about living right and trying to get the gospel out. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. I trust you'll have a wonderful day tomorrow.